The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the free GP uh, scheme for kids has been extended today to six and seven year olds, uh, but this is only one step on the journey. The plan, according to Slaunch Care, is that we would have free GP care for all man, woman, and child of every age uh, in this country. Alona Duffy is with me, the Monaghan based. GP, Alona, in terms of today's well, announcement, if that's the right word, I know this hasn't snuck up on anyone by surprise. It's just that the scheme is now open for people to apply for the cards. Um, it, it, it has all been agreed. You knew it was coming. But have your reservations about how it will work or how it might impact on practices? Yes, Kieran. I suppose was it agreed? I'm not sure it was 100% agreed. It was being forced through and eventually the minister did agree to talk to the IMO and the union who looked after these issues and a kind of compromise was reached that this would be done on a staged phase. So from tomorrow, those uh, people who have children between the age of, of six and eight up to the age of eight will be able to apply for a doctor visit card for those children, meaning they'll have free access to see their GP. And then the plan is that they're going to further extend access by increasing the the threshold, the means threshold, so meaning the amount of money you're allowed to earn as a family or as an individual to allow you to have access to a medical card. And that's going to happen in the autumn time. So the plan is to increase that in two phases um, in October and November. With them suggesting that there will be an extra 400,000 medical cards added into the system. Now, that's probably an underestimation Mm. because they're basing that on the fact that they think not everybody will apply for it, which is exactly what they thought about the under sixes and they were proven wrong there. So we're estimating that there'll be at least a half a million new doctor visit GP cards brought into the system. And can practices cope with that? Uh, the simple answer is no. Um, we saw the impact of the under sixes cards and before they were introduced, um, there was concern raised that GP practices wouldn't be able to cope with the extra demand. Now, people might say, well, what is that extra demand? Because the reality is that the majority of these people are attending a GP. But we do know, and the proof is there, that once the service becomes free, people will understandably use that service more frequently, both in the daytime service to their regular GP and also in the out of hours thus putting extra pressure on a service that we know is already overloaded and already well beyond capacity with a shortage of GPs. And that issue has been highlighted over the last number of years repeatedly in the media. So uh, the the plan ultimately is is to get to the point where everybody has, has free GP care in this country. That is the plan under Slaunchic Care. Paul Murphy is with us, the People Before Profit TD. Paul, is that the plan we should continue to pursue? Yes, it is. I mean, officially, kind of all the major parties in the state have signed up to that plan. So in theory, the government is committed to free GP care for all. But I have very serious doubts about whether they plan to carry through and implement that. I mean, Ireland is an extreme outlier here. We're the only country within the European Union that doesn't have free or nearly free GP care. And the consequence of that is the average family in this country spends a thousand euros a year on medical expenses. That is medical expenses other than health insurance for those who have it. That's the cost of going to the doctor, the dentist, getting medicine, physiotherapy, and so on. So it's an enormous cost for an average family. And then obviously for many people, as a consequence of rationing access to GP care by, according to wealth, um, many people don't go to the doctor when they really should be going to the doctor. And there was a study done a number of years ago where one in five people in the south of Ireland said they had a health problem in the previous year and didn't go to a doctor because of money, um, whereas that figure was only 2% in the north because 
access to GP mm. care is is free. So having access to free primary care has a very positive impact on the individual um, in terms of their health outcomes into the future, uh, their life expectancy, their morbidity, etc. It's a very, very positive uh, thing. But it also even saves money for the system as a whole later on because it's much, much better to catch things early yeah. by people having how, a relationship with primary care and so on. So how then do we continue to pursue that aim but address the concerns that Ilona and others have been highlighting today, which kind of, uh, 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 yeah. a lot of which stem from a kind of a shortage of GPs. A shortage is probably going to get worse when you look at the, the age profile as well around the country. Yeah. I mean, the immediate problem here isn't that we're not training enough doctors in this country, but is that we are exporting those doctors. Doctors are choosing uh, to move elsewhere because of all the problems that exist in our society in general and in our health service in particular. So addressing those problems, both in terms of housing, which obviously affects almost everybody, but young people in particular, um, is very important. Um, Addressing the underfunding and the problems in the health service generally is extremely important. And I think one aspect of doing this is introducing um, salaried GPs. So the health service uh, employing directly GPs, uh, many of whom have, you know, graduates have indicated they'd be willing to be GPs if you had such an option. So you don't have to go and have a private practice Mm. and have all the complications that go with that. But instead, the HSE is willing to employ people on a decent salary. Like the NHS, the NHS, their employees are close to it. The NHS doesn't actually have that many salaried GPs GPs, they, they rely on a similar enough system uh, to here, except for the fact that it's free um, from the point of view of the of the patient. Um, and then the state pays similarly to here on an annualised basis. Uh, oh, so we should go further patient, still, though. Essentially, ma- ma- make, make GPs public servants. Well, not make the cur- make those who want to be public servants. Give the offer yeah. of, of for people who are emerging from college that you can be a GP with a guaranteed, uh, you know, a decent job, a pension and so on. And, and you'd be able to work in your community providing vital uh, primary care for people. Elona, what do you think of that? Well, I think lots of what Paul has said there is excellent. We know that absolutely having a robust primary care system and having access to GP care, especially if you're lucky enough to have a dedicated GP, has worldwide been proven to lead to better outcomes. So especially for elderly patients, if they're able to see the same GP, attend on a regular basis and be seen appropriately and have the right follow-up, they're going to live longer and live healthier. So that, as Paul said, means that those people, and we know our ageing population is rapidly rising. So that's what we want to keep people out of hospital, keep them in the community. So he is right. We've got to think outside the box. And we know the ICGP, our training body, have really worked hard on this and worked with the minister. So there is a plan to increase GP training. Uh, In 2022, there are 258 graduates going through the GP training scheme each year, and the hope is to increase that to 350 by 2024. Also, the ICGB are promoting a program where they're bringing in non-EU trained GPs and trying to integrate them into the system. So the hope is that by doing that, we'll be able to encourage these GPs to stay and work permanently in Ireland. But the problem is, how do we retain people in Ireland? How do we retain people in general practice and more importantly, in full-time general practice? Because I think the issues are numerous. Number one, increasing stress in GPs be land because of transfer of workload of the extra demands faced on by us or by you know by GPs mm. and their staff and the practices and also I suppose that that work aging workforce that you you alluded to there we know that 25% of GPs working in Ireland at the moment are over the age of 60 so it doesn't take uh, anybody much calculations to work out that we really are facing a huge exodus of GPs of older fully full-time working GPs who may possibly and leave you, within you, the next five years do you think it would be an attractive prospect to some graduates the idea of 
a, a kind of a public only contract or becoming a public servant, however it works. But effectively, that a lot of the stresses that are associated with running kind of a private enterprise, a private practice and being a, sm- a small employer uh, a lot of the time as well, that that would all be taken off their hands and you would just be doing GP work. I think there absolutely is moved to that and we are probably seeing that with more corporatization and uh, private companies buying up general practices in Ireland. Not a huge amount, but still enough that it's, it's, it's making an inroads into a change in the system. I don't think the government or the HSE are going to want to become employers of doctors. I think they want to avoid that and they'll probably be trying to encourage other GPs to hire those doctors, which again is something that I don't see many GPs wanting to to take on that role. But I do think it is something that would allow some more security. One of the big things we have to remember is that during FEMPI and the downturn in the economy, um, funding to general practice was practically overnight reduced by 40%. So that's Mm. not a GP salary, but that was the funding that came in to hire and uh, cover all the staff and the practice cost. So many GPs and many younger GPs know of that and are kind of saying, well, I'm not going to take that risk in case there is another downturn and funding is cut and I'm left trying to hold it all together. So I think for many, yes, the option of a salaried approach may work. But I think the reality of it is that, you know, having GPs work and run their own businesses, they will tend to go that extra mile. They're also the GPs that are still working to an archaic contract. That means we're expected to provide cover 24-7, 365 days a year. Now, realistically, we're not doing that, but our co-ops are. But those co-ops, meaning the out-of-hours GP services, are manned by people like myself and other GPs who are working 12-hour days and then having to go in and work evenings and weekends. Now, younger GPs are saying, I'm not willing to do that. So we are going to have to look at all of those things. We're going to have to look at out of hours, protected hours for working, and also proper pension entitlements, because we have to remember that other... Other careers in medicine offer more attractive packages in yeah. that sense with regard to but, the security of work and pensions uh, later on. Paul, I know you weren't suggesting we, we, we ape the NHS model, but inevitably when we talk about kind of free GP care for all or, or, or making GPs public servants or public only in terms of treatment, people point out that in the NHS, you know, there's often very long waiting lists, much longer than people experience here in order to see your GP. Because, you know, I guess the incentive in private practice maybe is to work that little bit longer and to see more patients. So, I mean, what's your response to that concern? Yeah. I mean, I think the model of the NHS, as it was a number of decades ago, is a a good model, i.e. a properly funded, one-tier, publicly provided uh, health system. And I mean, there are you know, peculiar wrinkles in that system in, for example, the fact that GPs are still over there, not in the vast majority of cases, public sector employees, but instead are private contractors who have a deal with the state. Um, But I think that that basic model was a good model that provided good health outcomes that are like, you can go and look at the figures in terms of life expectancy in Britain and see how it shoots up after the introduction of the uh, NHS. But I, I think what we have seen in Britain is an undermining of that system over the last number of decades, um, where you have an underfunding of the system. And, you know, you can you can organise your health system however you like it, but if you don't put sufficient funds into it to meet people's needs, then then it, that isn't going to meet it. So I think that's that's the mistake that, you know, we absolutely don't need to make. Mm. Um, but I think we need to, you know, I, I think Sláinte Care in Ireland kind of often functions as a means of 
kind of avoiding political debate on the issue of the health service because everyone gets to say, oh, we all agree with Flaunchy Care. But I don't see any evidence in reality that this government is committed to extending free GP care for all. I see no indications. I think I think they're likely to, to move to extend uh, free GP care for other older children. I think that's that's positive. That's a move yeah. in the right direction. But I, you know, your average worker in this country still has to pay 60, 70 euros uh, for each GP visit. Um, and that's that's a lot of money on, in terms of everything else that, that people are paying, certainly for, yeah. for low workers. Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD and Alona Duffy, Monaghan-based GP. Listen, thank you both very much uh, for joining me here on the show. We're going to come back to this issue um, a, a little bit later uh, with Colin Burke, who's Fine Gael's uh, health spokesperson, but some of those concerns uh, to him. Plenty of people getting in touch as if nobody thought about making GPs public servants before. Look at the public health doctors currently in the service. People, unfortunately, don't only get sick between 9am to 5pm. Another listener says a whole new mindset is needed, remembering that medicine is a vocation, not a trophy job. Doctors must work as a team. Martin says, uh, why do this when access is already impossible? It's a good idea, but it seems like politicians are just looking to score points before an election. It makes no sense. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.